how can we as the faithful practice that spirit of, of repentance during Advent? Get to confession. Well, Your Grace, you recently, recently-ish, came back from Italy. Recently-ish. Ish, yes, yeah. that's yeah. right. Um, it was a time of rest and vacation, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming, was mm-hmm. it, do you find that when you come back from an international destination, if it's meant to be a vacation, that the jet lag just spoils it all? doesn't spoil it, but boy, it, it is a challenge, and I, I'm... <laughs> I guess it's probably a sign of, of aging, too. You oh, know, I don't know. It hits me so hard. The jet lag is a bit diff- more, a little bit more difficult each time you know, to, to yeah. grapple with. Anyway, we soldier on. It was good. Yeah. It was great to what, what region of Italy were you in? Were you in the well, Vatican? Or? It, well, got there, yeah, at the end. But mostly in the Florence area. Okay. Went up there and stayed with a community of Franciscans, which they were very, very welcome. Great to be with them. Okay, a monastery? or yep. okay. Yeah, in the northern part of the Florence, of the city of Florence. Rented a car, drove around. Um, Just by yourself, solo, No, friends? I had a buddy with me, so okay. drove around through the Tuscany area. Yeah. Saw San Gimignano and Siena. San Gimignano, what is that? San Gimignano, medieval town. Okay. It's, a, it's a sort of a stereotypical, beautiful uh, medieval town up in the hills of Tuscany. And so okay. at the, the town of five towers, so these medieval towers that are there, and you're walking through the streets, and, and uh, it's pretty much as it was, you know, back in the 1400s, 1500s, even earlier. And it's just beautiful. And uh, spent a little bit of time in Florence, seeing the sights there, mm-hmm. and then took the last four or five days of the trip uh, in Rome. Okay. We flew back from there. Yep. Business in Rome, or were you able to just more most, rest? Oh, no, no. It was uh, mostly rest. I had a couple of meetings that I took advantage of and had while I was there. Okay. But for the most part, no, it was it was uh, just a, a break and a rest. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, I so, enjoyed it. So it wonderful great. to hear. Yeah, I, I don't hear any Italian in your accent or non-existent <laughs> accent. You weren't there long enough, Not enough long I guess. long enough for that. Can no. you speak any Italian? I do. I was. I, well, I lived. I lived in Italy back oh, in right. the... 90s as a student. Now, okay. That's 30 years ago. I've lost a lot, but I've, I, I can speak enough to get by and get around. Oh, that's, I, I would ask you to say, but I, I, you know, I always, I don't like it when people ask if, well, I, I was going to say when people ask me, but I can't speak any language except for English. So, oh, okay. well, I yeah. often say folks, that's really the only language I can speak to is English. The, yeah. the others, I just try to muddle through. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, it, Speaking of, I'm trying to think of a segue. Speaking of beautiful things, there's Italy, but then there's also the season of Advent. Not bad. <laughs> how how not was that? Bad, Jenny. Yep. Not bad. Not bad. There you go. We'll, it was weak, but you know, we'll work we're, with we're, it. We'll work with it. Yep. So Advent, we're anticipating the season of Advent. It's going to begin very soon here, okay. um, at the beginning of December. And the, my first question is, what what does the word Advent mean? I think that for a lot of us, we just know it as the season that's in preparation for Christmas, but the word itself may not be yeah, clear. Come, well, it would come from the, the Latin verb advenire. Uh, the past participle is adventus. And so f- from that Latin word adventus, we get advent. Okay. Coming towards is what it means. Coming so, towards. So in other words. Oh, advance? Kind of advancing? Well, it's, it's, it's that time of um, anticipation, of, of looking forward to the fulfillment of the Lord's own promise that he would come again, that he would come back again towards us as it were. He who came as, as uh, incarnate of the Virgin Mary, died, rose, ascended, made that promise. At the end of time, we do not, don't know when that is. We will, I will come again you know, to bring all things to fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And so the church has this four-week period. Often people will think of it as getting ready for Christmas. There's a little 
bit of that in it, but it's it's actually no, it's it's pre- it's preparing the heart, preparing the soul to receive the Lord to become ready to make sh- to make sure that we're concentrated and ready and focused for the second coming of the Lord, and that's why the Advent scriptural readings often will, you know, through the masses will will uh, be focusing upon this of time and what it will be like and the Lord's call to us again and again wake up be awake stay awake be vigilant be ready because you do not know when that time will come so the the birth of Christ that's the first the first right. coming and then so advent is anticipating not just the first coming but also the second coming right when he right. returns and I also like to add that there's a third coming oh, yes. sort of in between right because the Lord who came to us uh born in um, Bethlehem the Lord who will come again at the end of time, he has not abandoned us in this in-between time, right? He continues to come to his people, come to his people above all in the church, in the mysteries of the sacraments and so on. So are we always ready to welcome him when he chooses to, well, he's always part of our lives. He's always intervening, but are we awake to that? Are we alert to the many different ways the Lord is accompanying us every day of our lives? And so it's a, advance the wake-up call. Wake up to be ready for that final definitive time, whether that's at our moment of death or when he does come again at the end of world history uh, or in the very many different ways in which he, he comes to us through through our daily living. Yeah. So it's it's a th- the third, that third coming, that personal third coming that's reoccurring at all times all in a times, sense. It's in between the first and the second. So the I math isn't be. great, but it makes sense. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and I will be with you always to the end of time. He made that promise. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And liturgically, Advent is purple. You'll see the priests wearing purple, yeah. which is the same as Lent. So, what's the connection there? So, well, there's a it, there's a penitential dimension, right? Okay. To being ready, right? How do we prepare ourselves, and how have Christians, how have people of faith, always prepared themselves for an encounter with God? Is through repentance, right? The cleansing of the soul by God's mercy, right? And so, purple is that penitential color. Right? Okay. So Advent has, because Advent has that penitential dimension, which obviously it shares with Lent, Lent lives that out in a different context, uh, the, the color purple is, is to the fore. Okay, so it's not just a, a pre-party. It, it, there's a oh, sense no. of repentance and Absolutely penitent. there is, absolutely. How can we as the faithful practice that spirit of, of repentance during Advent? Get to confession. That's why the priests, you know, uh, through this... Um, this penitential preparatory time will always be careful to work together with one another to make sure that there's enough priests that can be available for penitential services in, in the parishes, right? Mm-hmm. And so prior to confession, you have to get your heart ready, and your mind ready. So go through, and the parishes can help you with this, go through a very serious um, but also hopeful examination of conscience. You know, take a look at what I've been doing in behaviors, my attitudes, my thoughts, um, what needs to be repented of, you know, and then bring that before the Lord through the sacrament of confession, confess the sin, and then and then receive those uh, words of absolution from which we just get this sense of peace and freedom that nothing else can give, you know, when you realize that you've been touched by the mercy of God that the Lord loves us unconditionally, no matter what we've done, no matter what we may say, he will always forgive, always, always, always. And, and to be carried by that certainty 
um, and to be set free from the sin and be set back on that path of fidelity to the commandments of God is uh, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful life-giving and life and life um, freeing experience. And if anyone's reading a liturgical calendar, calendar, they'll notice that Advent, the beginning of Advent, marks the beginning of a new it, it year. Is a new liturgical you, year. What does that mean? So we we do okay. We have a liturgical calendar, um, which is distinct from the secular calendar that we all follow. But the whole point of a liturgical calendar is that through the various liturgical seasons, we recall and we relive the mysteries of Christ Himself. So Advent is focusing upon um, what's going to be coming to us at the end of time. And it's a good, it's a good way to start a new liturgical year because it, it does recall a lot of the ancient promises of the coming of the Messiah. Right? So the Lord has been preparing his people. He's been preparing world history for so, so long, for centuries. And so there's this anticipation of... Yes, preparing to celebrate the birth of the Messiah and recalling all that God had done um, as reflected in the Old Testament testimonies uh, to prepare his people for that. But at the same time, um, not forgetting that the Christ whose birth we are about to celebrate has in fact been among us and is prepared and promised to come again. So it's a double preparation for that the Lord's return. Then you go into the Christmas season all the beautiful, beautiful mysteries that, that surrounded his birth. And we uh, eventually there's going to be the, the Lenten season that helps to prepare for Easter. Easter, the great story of the resurrection and all that flowed from that. Um, and then in between, we call it ordinary time. But time lived in communion with Jesus is never ordinary. Yeah. How could it ever be yeah. ordinary? So anyway, these various liturgical seasons throughout the liturgical calendar um, uh, help us to recall and to relive with Christ his very mysteries. Now it's it's spaced over a few years, so we'll we'll talk about year A, year B, year C, and those refer to the Gospels, passages of which are going to be given to us throughout the course of the year. Yeah, so there's three liturgical cycles of readings, exactly called exactly. A, B, and C. Yeah, is and, that what it is? Yeah, and the fathers of the Second Vatican Council they really wanted to be sure that. We placed before the people of God what I like to call a smorgasbord, a, a, a rich, rich banquet, so that over a course of this cycle, this three-year cycle, then people are um, exposed again and again and again to the riches of God's Word, and we're led through the entirety of the Scriptures. And the Gospel of John, texts from the, the fourth Gospel, are, are interspersed throughout each of those three liturgical years. Okay, so the beginning of Advent, or Advent marks the beginning of the new liturgical year, yep. but it also marks a new cycle of readings that exactly. we'll hear in the daily and, exactly. and Sunday yeah, Masses. So year A is Gospel of Matthew, B is Mark, C is Luke. Okay, yeah. and what liturgical cycle are we going into this so Advent? So we'll be moving into year B, the okay. Gospel of Mark. Gospel of Mark. We've been okay. following Matthew for the last few months. Okay, yeah, because I noticed that the Gospel reading for the first Sunday of Advent is the Gospel of Mark. No surprise there. There you go. Okay, that's interesting. And so the idea that the Vatican II fathers, their idea was just to expose the faithful in the liturgy to as much Scripture as possible? Live from the Word of God, right? Okay. All right. And it, it is just so rich, and there is so much there. And so let's take our time. It's, it's kind of like just sampling from a banquet of riches. You know, 
can't take it all in at once. Right? Mm-hmm. So just sample over over the course of time and let each as we do savor savor the word, right? Digest the word. Let it let it let it uh, take over our lives and. Uh, that's that's the beauty of the liturgical cycle. There's lots of culinary metaphors there. A lot. <laughs> we, You're making could, me hungry. You know what? We could, yeah, we could we develop take, a lot more. We sure. sure could. So the Gospel of Mark, we're going to be hearing a lot from him throughout Advent. What is... The following year. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the remainder of the year. That's right. Uh, what is Mark known for as a gospel writer? If you were to give a, a couple sentences of what to pay attention to just as that particular gospel Mark, writer? Uh, the scripture scholars would tell us the gospel of Mark is probably the earliest. And in that sense, it's also the simplest. Uh, it kind of just cuts to the chase of things. Yeah. Um, more, more embellished um, uh, stories are given to us in, in Matthew and in, and in Luke, but Mark is just straight to the point. Especially when you compare Mark to the gospel of John, those guys had different personalities. Well, you know, the Gospel of John too. It's it's the it would have the highest Christology of all four Gospels. Right. So it was yes. written. It's probably the last to be written, and so a whole written by the the disciple who was closest to the heart of Jesus. Written by the God by the by the disciple who um, had more time to ponder mm-hmm. the mystery. So it, it all gets reflected in a in a in a Gospel that it's it's very very different in tenor and approach from the other three. Uh, in fact, the other three, we call them the synoptics seen through the same eye. Right. So Matthew, uh, Luke, and Mark. Mark. And so synoptic. great, great similarities among them. Right. And you can see one building on the other and so on. John is in, in, in his own, in his own category, his own world, <laughs> but they're, but they're beautiful, yeah. beautiful in their own right. But the gospel of Mark, one of the things I love about the gospel of Mark is that he doesn't sanitize the disciples. So the disciples, as any of us would have been, were very, very slow to understand what Jesus was trying to teach them. You know, and Mark doesn't hide any of that, right? And you know, how you're you're so slow to understand Jesus upbraiding the disciples and so on, uh, which which I, <laughs> I find so encouraging, because I I just like and even at the distance of having so much of the church's history and, and wisdom and teaching that has unfolded since, I can still feel like I'm so slow on the uptake and trying to get this, you know, and, and then I can pray to the disciples and say, look, you guys, pray for me, help me, help me to understand. Um, of course, their understanding reached fulfillment, obviously, at Pentecost with the light of the Holy Spirit. It's the same with us, right? It's only in the light of the Holy Spirit by his grace and his light that we're able to really to understand the fullness of revelation that Jesus has given. So Mark really leaned into realism. I would say, yeah. yeah. I would say that's that's my experience of the Gospel of Mark. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, well, that's something to pay attention to as we begin this new liturgical year. Yeah. That's really yeah. interesting. Now, there's one unique element to this particular Advent, especially when we get to the end of the Advent season. The fourth Sunday of Advent is also Christmas Eve. Ah, Yes. So much to the light of the priests. Yes. There's going to be, yeah, that's a busy day. Well, it's yeah. already a busy season for priests, yeah, but that yeah. day particular. Pray for your priest. Pray for your, oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Two different homilies, two really good homilies need to be in one day yeah. and they're different. Yeah, yeah. Listen, the priests rise to the occasion. They There's do. no question, you know, um, but it's just an exhausting time for them. Okay. And what does this mean for the Sunday obligation? If I went to, if I'm going to Sunday Mass for the fourth Sunday of Advent, yep. and then that night is Christmas Eve, yep. 
how do I? One does not cancel the other. Yes. Out. Okay. Yeah, that's probably what's behind the question. Whenever, yep. whenever it gets posed, right? So you go to Advent Mass and you go to Christmas Mass. It does get posed. Uh, yeah. Uh, Quite a fair bit, I must say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sunday obligation is a Sunday obligation. You go to Mass on Sunday. So it's not, but then I guess in principle, the Sunday obligation isn't just about going to Mass on Sunday. It's about going to a Mass for every obligation day. <laughs> in the sense sure. that if it if there's sure. two obligations in one day, you got to go to both. Yeah, so you've got right. two distinct days, though, really. You've got uh, the Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Advent. The next day is Christmas. Yes. But we have the the, the tradition now over the last number of decades of the anticipated Mass, whether Christmas that's Sunday Eve evening Mass. for Sunday, right. Saturday evening for Sunday morning, or Christmas Eve for Christmas right. Day. So, so if, if for some reason it was important to you to to go to just one Mass a day, then you would go to the fourth Sunday of Advent, and then the next day you'd Christmas, go to yep. Christmas Day. Yep. Or if you want to go to Christmas Eve Mass as well, then you'd have two Masses in a day. You could. Right. That's, that'll be really exciting, though, the, the fact that we'll be able to see the readings of Advent segue so quickly into Christmas. Yes. Usually there's a week gap there, yeah. but it's going to be really close for us us Catholics. Well, and I, I also like to say to folks, just generally in terms of commentary on Advent, don't forget Advent. Right, right yeah. Uh, the secular culture has left it behind. So we're doing this recording right now in early Close to close to mid-November, and I'm noticing on the the TV they're already advertising. They probably have been for the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, they are Christmas shopping and all these sorts of things, right? Yeah. So there's no sense of spiritual preparation for this. There's no well, there's less and less sense really in our secular culture of what Christmas is to begin with. Yeah. No, no, we have to hold fast to what we're going to be celebrating at Christmas, and hold fast, therefore, also to the spiritual preparation that's needed, not just for Christmas, as we said earlier, but also preparing for the second coming of Christ. That's far more important than anything I can get, any deals that I can get on, what do they call it, Black Friday, or one of these things, you know, for heaven's sake, keep it in perspective, (laughs) gracious sake. Stay focused, for heaven's sake. Focus, yes, absolutely, stay awake. Yeah, stay awake, that's the theme of Advent, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I know my family, I grew up in a Catholic family, family is still Catholic, and my my mom would often, well, we still don't put uh, ornaments on the Christmas tree until right before Christmas. Right, so right. it's just to commemorate the fact that we're not in the, we're still in the penitential season sure. until Christmas Eve, yeah. really. Yeah. You don't want to kick it off too soon because then it breaks that symbolism, right? Well, and Christmas begins on Christmas, then we have the season that follows. Uh, if you lose sight of all of that, people are throwing out their Christmas tree yeah. on Boxing Day. Christmas is over. No, it's not over. It's just getting started. Yeah, yeah. we're just kicking off. Yeah, it's, it's, it's another on. beginning, not the, it's not just a single day. Yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. Well, I thought that in in closing, especially in light of our discussion of the Gospel of Mark and this theme of of being awake, hmm. that we could read the gospel, the first the gospel for the first Sunday in sure. Advent. Sure. Um, some Lexio okay. Divina. Um, yeah, so if, you, if you'd like to read that, and we can Glad discuss you. and pray, yeah. From Mark. And Jesus said to his disciples, Be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It's like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home and places his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore. You do not know when the Lord of the house is coming whether in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. But I say to you, 
I say to all, watch. I like to tell the story sometimes, and I've made people who've heard me in homilies may have heard me tell this story, but when I was a parish priest, I used to like to go and visit homes. And I would do the visitation in one of two ways. Either I would call ahead and make an appointment, or I would just show up at the door. Right? At someone's house? Yeah. And you can well imagine the um, difference in reception, right? So if You could some, still do that as the archbishop. I could. That'd I, be I, fun. That'd be very more And stressful for, oh, the, wow. Well, so, so. Mm, idea. If, if I called ahead, you know, the, the lights are all on in the house, and come on in, tease on, have a piece of cake, all yeah. the stuff, right? And then if I just showed up, I don't know, Saturday morning at 10 o'clock or something, knock, knock, knock. You just see the curtain open a little bit, look out, the cries of panic as the priest. <laughs> right? So the, the point being, yeah. right, the Lord's coming again. He's not going to call ahead and make an appointment. He's going to show up, mm-hmm. be ready. That's, that's what, the, what the whole point of this gospel passage is, you know. Mm-hmm. Be ready for the Lord and be ready today, now. Mm-hmm. Have the host, the interior soul, have it tidied up and ready to meet, to meet the Lord. It's interesting too, because often Christmas, especially in a secular sense, it's often sentimentalized. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a word, but it's made sentimental. It's about a baby. It's just kind of this warm, cozy, which it is. I mean, it's such a wonderful season of warmth mm-hmm. and light, but it's also God, which there's thunder there, yeah, right? It's, yeah, it's not yeah. just cozy, coziness. And the fact that the, the church has seen fit for Advent to be this season of get ready. It's not just we're anticipating a baby. It's going to be, it's we're all. anticipating it's the Lord, God. <laughs> the Lord's final return, his final Advent. Yeah. Well, thank you, Your Grace. You're welcome. Yes, You're as welcome. as per usual, very edifying. I learned so I much. It. It's, I love the chats. It's yes, great. and we'll be looking for these themes in your homilies. I mean, well, I can't I guess use this, it now. No. I can use it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, so I now I've thought, made more work for you. I should have thought that one through. <laughs> There you go. Well, um, I was going to say Merry Christmas, but as we're almost at Advent, so well, we'll, we'll Advent. be praying for you, you. in the season Thank of Advent and, and for all of our priests. Yep. Um, and please pray for, for us, the and faithful. Have a blessed Advent, everybody. Yes. So thanks, everybody, for watching. Hope you found it helpful along your, your journey of faith. Please know that I'm praying for you. And if you would, be so kind as to pray for us also. Every blessing to you. God bless. God bless.